Welcome in our good friend from Frogland, the longtime voice of the TCU Horn Frogs. Brian Estridge joins us this morning. And, uh, B, how you doing this morning? Whatever we're paying, my man Q, it is not enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, J-Mo, I, I think you could get that done. I think you could go get my man Q a raise. I mean, again, I mean, he's doing it all for you today. Absolutely. He does everything. He's good he, on the sports center. Yeah, I mean, yep. he absolutely does. I'm glad you recognize that. I mean, you're a radio professional, yeah. and I'm glad you recognize his contributions man, to our organization. There. I got everything I needed in 60 seconds. I mean, <laughs> he, he, you know what? Whatever he's making, double it, J-Mo. All right, good. I, I'm good with that. That's that's good, okay. as long as it doesn't come out of my check. Like so that's good. There you go. Hey, <laughs> how you doing? How's how's the summer been? Kind of a kind of a long, drawn-out summer, isn't it? Boy, it is, man. It feels like we've been in summer for about a year now. And, and, you know, hopefully we get some semblance of life today with the schedule coming out, uh, you know, for the Big 12. Hopefully we can, you know, try to get this season to the launch pad. I mean, that's that's a big thing right now. I think if you can just get it to the launch pad, uh, then, then maybe some good things can happen. And, and, and I, you know, I, I'd love for us to do it for a couple of different reasons. One is I think the country needs it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I think we need some good news. And two, I think we need to prove that we can do it. You know, I think there's a little bit of hesitancy on folks. There's still some folks that are scared, and I get that. But I think we need to say, you know what, we, we can live with this thing. We can move forward. We can make some progress, and we can carry on a semi-normal life again because I, I'm just worried about, you know, what the future holds from, from my two, for for your grandbabies, sure. for everything, right. man. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, and don't you think that Major League Baseball and the NBA and the WNBA and soccer, you know, they're kind of kind of blazing that trail right now. And it's that's not college football, but when those things are happening and, and seem to be doing well, maybe that opens the door a little bit more for us. I hope so. You know, I hope so. You know, basketball especially, I think, has done a really good job. Now, they, you know, they've had the luxury of being able to create the bubble. You know, baseball's had their flare-ups, but a lot of those can be traced back to, you know, mistakes that were made by teams, mistakes that were made by players. So, you know, you you, you hope that you can keep, uh, you know, this college football thing intact. I mean, yeah, am, am, I, am I worried about the fact when all these students come back on campus and everybody's together? And that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I – but, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. And, and where, where, do you, where do you draw the line on, okay, they're going to get sick, but they're just going to get sick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, the question becomes if something worse was to happen to one of these players, then, then I think it becomes a real big issue. And so, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I'd love to see us get it to the launch pad and get started at least. How uh, do you think the schedule plays out for TCU? What do you think the uh, non-conference game will be? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an OVC team. That's what it's going to look like anyway. I think it's going to be a one double A that'll happen on September twelfth uh, as the non-conference schedule. That's what it. That all indications are that's what it's going to be. Uh, you know, and then obviously our our home and away opponents are going to stay the same as, as far as the league is concerned. But I am hearing Jamo, you probably have as well. That those dates could change a little bit, right? Right. Uh, from the from the original schedule, so uh, you know there, there could be you know you you're, you're going to still play Oklahoma, you know whether you're I, I don't know we all playing them at home. Uh, Oklahoma is no, it's up there. It's up there. Up there. We had them here, you're you're still going to play them up there, but you may play them 
earlier in the year yeah. than you were, or yeah. something, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, I think that part's going to be about the same. But it, it, what are you guys, what is Baylor going to do as far as the non-conference is concerned? Don't know for sure. I mean, one of two options. We lost Ole Miss because the SEC, yeah. you know, is not playing non-conference. So it's right. going to be either Incarnate Word or uh, Louisiana Tech. And with, yeah. a, with a new coaching staff and with no spring, uh, I'm leaning toward Incarnate Word yeah, no <laughs> right yeah, now. No, no offense, yeah, no, no offense, yeah, you understand. <laughs> yeah, TCU lost Cal and Prairie View, obviously, because those two aren't playing. Yeah, uh, you, you had SMU out there that you were trying to figure out what was happening with the American Conference. Uh, but it looks as if it's going to be more than likely for TCU, Tennessee Tech. Okay. Uh, and the OVC here on September the 12th to kind of start the season. That's a shame you lost the SMU game. Yeah, I know. That, that one bothers me a little bit. I think that's a rivalry that has to continue to be played. And I hate that they couldn't figure out a way to make that work. You know, I think there's also, I think there's also some reluctance on Big 12 schools to play that one non-conference game on the road. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just because of the control factor when it comes to the protocols and and i get that sure and so i, I wonder if that didn't play into the tcu smu game which was scheduled to be in house uh albeit you know 37 miles away or whatever but not at your home facility you can't control it and sure. i wonder if that one of the edicts from the big 12 that may you know may not have been publicized is hey we're going to play this non-conference game but you got to play it at your place has there been a maximum capacity announced yet for games played at Amon Carter this season? No, but I think they're working off of the twenty five percent rule. I think that's I think that's kind of what it is. You know, I, I think the governor would prefer just in listening to some of his staff. I think the governor would prefer that you kind of work off that model. You know, without him having to throw down the edict that, that it's going to be twenty five percent. So I think that's kind of what the number that they're going to work off of is. Are, are you doing the same in Waco? You know, it's still up in the air. Uh, I think best case scenario would be fifty percent, but yeah. uh, you know, and I, I'd, I'd like to stay optimistic there, but I think that might be high. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, it sounds like the UT Austin is going to twenty five percent. Okay, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that is the last I heard yeah. there. And I, I think that's going to kind of be the scenario that they all work off of. You know, but hey. Twenty-five percent is better than zero. Uh, you know that's that's the way I look at it, and so I, I think the, I think we have to look at it as a positive. And you know, in, in addition to that, remember you got to uh, in that twenty-five percent, you got to hold you got to hold enough tickets for students. That's right. Yeah. You know, so and, and you've got to space them out. Hey, you know, students don't like to be spaced no, out. I've seen that that's going to be tough. Yeah, that'll be really tough. Yeah, I know. So we'll see how it all works out. Um, more players appear to be opting out every day. We've seen that over the past week. Is there any concern about any TCU players? Taking this route, you know, so far, no, uh, that that hasn't been the case. I mean, the the, the feeling you get when you're uh, around them a little bit that we're able to kind of be not really around them, but be in the vicinity vicinity is that they are they're all excited to be there. That they're they're chomping at the bit to get back out on the field. That you know, I, I, and I believe that. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I believe that for the most for ninety eight percent of these uh, student athletes, they want to play the game. Yeah. You know, they they want to get back out there. They want to. You know, that's for many of them. That you know, that is that that's their passion, and we all want to be involved in our passion. You know, John, you want to be calling games, right? We, I mean, we, we you know, that's 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 what we do, and so I, I think you're willing to sacrifice, you know, some things in order to make that happen, and, I, and I'm hoping that's the case here that, that we're able to get to that point. 
Brian Estridge, our guest, longtime voice of the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, has practice started there? Fall camp started, or what's the schedule no, there? They're on pause right now until the schedule kind of you know works okay. its way out. That okay. was the, that was the issue that you know originally they had a zero week game scheduled. They thought uh, with UNLV to open up the new Raiders Stadium. Uh, but I don't know that that's going to be able to stick, especially it doesn't look like the Big 12 is encouraging teams to play that early game. Right, right. Uh, you know, I feel like they're discouraging that. Although I, I do think the American announced that their season's going to start August 29th. Wow. Not? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I think SMU has come out and said that. So, But I, I think so that UNLV game uh, not happening at the new Raiders Stadium, uh, I think that kind of threw everything out of whack as far as the schedule is concerned. And, uh, when I talked to the uh, one of the guys the other day, two days ago, he said, "You know, we're we're, we're kind of on pause, waiting for the schedule to be released to determine when we can actually hit the field." Once we do get started and get rolling, uh, what what do you think we can expect to see from Zach Evans, or what what do you think his role will be this year? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, because you know he's not the only one there. I mean, there's a couple other guys in that position that can play. But I mean, obviously, big time recruit, and everyone's talked about him. And you know, Gary Patterson doesn't tend to throw young guys out in the mix too quickly. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that that may be a kind of a work in progress as the season goes. And, I mean, you know, let's, let's face it. Some of this is still, you know, hey, what do they do with this offense now with Max Duggan? Jerry Kills, a new uh, kind of assistant coach who's in charge of the offense. What does that look like? You know, if you if you follow Jerry Kills' history, it's it, you know it's going to have much more of a, a run oriented approach to it. Uh, but I think if you look at the, the some of the um, personnel that TCU has, notice, by the way, did you notice that Paul's there, uh, John? Because I almost said weapons, but I'm I'm always hesitant to say that. <laughs> I hear you. you. You never know how a guy pans out, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so when you. So instead of weapons, I'm going to use the term personnel. <laughs> Good call. Uh, yeah, yeah. But some of the personnel that they have there, I think, is, you know, you, you know, you, you would look at that and say, hey, we got, we got to get the throwing game going. So I think the strength of this that offense is going to be the offensive line. I really do. I think they're going to be athletic. Uh, I think they're going to be, um, you know, they, they've got some some experience there. But I just think they think they are they're, – they're, better as far as the skill level of the player there along the offensive line they've been in past years what's that dynamic or what do you know about you know jerry kill coming in and and uh sonny cumby there as the coordinator but doug meacham back also how's that all going to play out and i can't really i I know it's crazy i can't really speak to the meacham portion of it but i can tell you that sonny cumby and and jerry kill are both class guys that that's not going to be an ego thing you know, there, there's no egos there. Those two guys, and I've already seen their interaction. Uh, and I, I just think that those two guys are, I, I think they know that, hey, we got to do what's best for this organization, what's best for this for this team. And so I, I think they're, you know, and, and, I, and, and Sonny's a guy, you've been around Sonny. I mean, Sonny is a, he, he's he's one of the nicest men on the planet. Hmm. And he's also, a, he, he's also inquisitive and curious and always wanting to learn. And so I think he views this as a positive. Did you got a guy with the experience of Jerry Kill? Uh, and, and, and by the way, if somebody comes and you want to be a head coach, one day, don't you want to spend as much mm-hmm. time as you can around guys who have been in that position? Sure, makes sense. You know, to pick to pick their brain to see how they've uh, how they've done it. And so I I think he's viewing it as a real positive. I think Jerry's approach has been has been real good. And I and I really love the fact that uh, the coach Patterson is really kind of you know he's let them be. Hey, that's their deal. Uh, that, that you know he's kind of given cart blanche to, to Jerry Kill to make sure that offense is uh, is right and the, the room works good. And so far it has. been. We've seen players over the past 
here recently just take advantage of their platform and be more outspoken about change. What are your thoughts about this movement, and what do you see the end game being? You know, I, I think it's interesting. I think uh, anytime you can, you know, uh, I think we all have a, I think that word sometimes gets overused, platform. I think we all have our space that we can do what we what we feel is important to us and to stand for your principles mm-hmm. and stand up for what you think is right. And, to, and, and, and that can take on, take on many different forms, you know, whether it is, you know, via social media or is it more in discipleship one-on-one, which I think is, you know, a stronger way to go about doing things at times. And so I, I think there's, you know, there's different approaches to it. I think some of them have been very successful. I think some of them, you know, are, are still learning as they go. And so, you know, I think in this day and age, so there is a there is a lot of uh, leverage that student athletes have that they are utilizing, and let, let's hope it ends up being good for them and for the game. The one thing I don't want to ever discount, though, fellas, is let's don't discount the value of the scholarship and the degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I uh, you guys know Doug Gottlieb, and Doug Gottlieb's the guy that I have. Don't generally, I don't always agree with, but I thought he made a really good point uh, this week where he said, "Listen, don't be short-sighted if you're at anyway. Just pick a school." But he was pointing out, "Don't be short-sighted if you're at Stanford or you're at Cal or you're at USC," because he was kind of focused on what was happening in the Pac-12. Right, and he said because that degree is going to be worth ten times at least whatever the value of your name, likeness, and image is hmm. while you're in school. Yeah, good point. Really that, good point. It, it's an, that's an excellent point, and I think we have devalued that to the point where, hey, wait a minute, you know, because hey, we, we all want immediate satisfaction, it seems like, in this day and age. And, and J-Mo, sometimes there's a word called investing, <laughs> you know. Right. There's a word sometimes called patience. And, and and when you and when you invest in something, that doesn't mean an immediate return, you know. And so I think sometimes we have to be more patient to get that to uh, to get that final satisfaction, which in the end may actually be more rewarding. That's a really good point. That is. Hey, final question for you, uh, yep. Coach Patterson. Uh, you know, has a a great history of of bouncing back. You know, if it's a mm-hmm. off season, you guys were five and seven last year, but six of the seven losses were what one score games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has a great history of of rebounding really well from seasons like that. As he put his guitar down, and and what <laughs> what kind of feel do you get from him going into two thousand twenty? You, you, I mean, you, you've been around him, J-Mo. He, he, he's kind of grumpy when he's not winning. <laughs> right. and, uh, well, he's kind of grumpy, but, I mean, he's just kind of grumpy really more when he's not winning. And so I think that he's one of those guys that, that wants to be successful, that's driven by that, that is always out to prove people wrong. And so, yeah, I think that drive is there maybe more than it's been. I think he's got a renewed energy with Jerry Kill, his best friend now being on his staff. I think he thinks his team has a shot to be really good. I also think he thinks there's a bigger calling going on right now. Uh, you know, in, in the times that we're in right now, I, I think he, he, he realizes that, uh, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of 
to bring some relief to folks, if you will. And so I think that that's important to him as well. And so, hey, I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not worried about his his drive or uh, his desire. I, I think that that pattern that we've seen in years past of bounce, bouncing back will continue. You tell him his uh, his music this summer was pretty good. I mean, that yeah, was really yeah. impressive. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, got away. He's got another one about to come out too. He's got another yeah. song. He's about yeah, to that's what I heard. heard that it's got a chance. He so. got away from yelling at guys, and his voice kind of exactly. cleared up and sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah he, he, you know, he was he was the guy who performed as Todd as a kid and as a teenager, and you know, kind of did the county fair circuit in wow. Kansas for a while. Was yeah. originally a a drama major in college. Uh, and uh, so I think that that uh, you know all, all that plays in. He doesn't mind the stage, and so yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it, you know, it was, as he said, it was a bucket list thing for him <laughs> uh, that he was able to check off. So well, there's no stage like a Kansas County Fair stage. So yeah, exactly, uh, I'm telling you now. You tell him we appreciated that. <laughs> hey, great to catch yeah. up with you. I appreciate it. Uh, stay safe, and let's see what the schedule looks like, and we'll see you down the road. Hey, and remember this, Philip. Bushes has the fastest drive-through going. <laughs> Remember that. Don't forget about that. That's Thank right. you, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thanks, go. Brian Estridge, voice of the TCU Horn Frogs.